This episode of the Badass Ladies Club is sponsored by Badass Retreats. It's time to make your healing a priority. Find out more at www.blcbadassretreats.com. people and welcome to this week's episode of the Badass Ladies Club. I'm here with my brilliant creative friend, Jessica. Hello. And my name's Lori and we're so excited to be here this week and to talk about things that are inspiring and nourishing and fun and we just love it that you guys want to keep coming back. And um, A lot of new friends coming up the last few weeks on the podcast. You guys welcome. Welcome. And we love all the feedback and all the five-star reviews and all the subscriptions and such. Like, bring it on. Uh, what about this week, Jessica? Uh, Laurie Wallace, let's talk about, like, our sacrum. Like, our creative mm. energy space. Yes. The womb space. Yes. The open portal of creation between dimensions. I'm into it. And I feel like we are the perfect people to talk about this because mm-hmm. um, I feel like it's important to point out that your womb space, your creative space doesn't only apply to having children. I'm proof positive of that. Yeah. And you don't have children. I have a child and we are still both mothers to birthing ideas and businesses and yes. all the things birth things on the regular without yeah. children on the other side of that for sure yes. um it's yeah. an energetic space you guys dude that even uh men have yes. a sacral womb space that they work with to right. create and push things out into the world um learning how to work with that sacral important and it gets yeah i think lost a lot of times with the whole physical process of mm-hmm. growing and housing humans and such. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i just feel like so much emphasis is just put on the womb like strictly from like creating life standpoint mm-hmm. that i'm like so tired of that conversation yeah. and that it's um in the energy healing world we're talking about Yes, we create life there, but we also create ideas and, you know, that like this is where things are born, human or not. Well, and that it's even though you create all things, not just life there, that there is this thing that happens when we're in the process of incubating an idea and turning it from a collection of thoughts into an actual physical thing that's going to like be out in the world that there's a gestation period mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens in that sacral space. Can you, you've said this on the podcast once before, but probably like, God, it was so far in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I feel like you did this when you were talking about like literally from our first um, chakra from our root all the way up to our crown that, so yes getting ideas like up but it's actually the reverse yeah yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. that like working from the seventh down yeah yes so it's this idea that like you're you're given divine inspiration Hmm. 
a thought or something that comes to you from this source. And it moves through your crown into your third eye where you like have a vision of Mm -hmm. this thing. And then from your third eye, you move it into your throat because then you start to talk about the vision. And so then as you're putting words to it, it goes from being this like non thing that was just a thought into physically becoming something because now it's words and it's an idea and you're putting it out and then it moves from your throat into your heart where you're like, Ooh, I really love this idea. I'm really excited about this idea. I'm going to love it. I'm going to give it more energy. And then it becomes, starts to turn more into matter, you know, and it starts to flesh itself out a little bit in your heart. And then you move it into your solar plexus, like right at the base of your rib cage where it starts to grow more into the, can I do this? How's my self-esteem around this issue? Mm -hmm. Is this too big for me? Is it just right? What would the path be to get there? Like, how are the things actually going to be? And then we move it from that solar plexus into the sacral space, which in my opinion, it's like between, yeah, like that solar plexus and that sacrum where most ideas either really start to take shape and form or they stall out and they die. Because that's where you have to believe in yourself and you have to like feed and nourish this little thing in your sacral space enough for it to grow big enough to make it out into the real world, you know? And that there's so much trauma and bullshit caught up in our sacral space that you've got to be healthy there in order to grow something that can make it out. And then, yeah, from that sacral space, when it's time, you birth it out through your root into the physical world with inspired actions and the doing and alignment with things. And then it becomes this thing that was just an idea that you've moved all the way through your energetic system. And now it's like, I fucking love it. Um, yeah. So when we were talking about this, I think like it was the chakras episode that we did. Yeah. 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 But, um, I think that it's important because, you know, so many people tell me, at least, I'm sure they tell you too, because, you know, you do so many creative things. I'm just not creative. I mean, I used to say that about myself. What? Yeah. Laura, you are such a creative person. No, no, no. Like, this when was. When did you ever say this about Always yourself? my shtick, right? Was that I was never creative or very good at hair and makeup. But I knew that like so that the you were setting the bar really was, low. Well, no, just that yeah. it wasn't my thing, right? And like even um, painting, which is so funny for the amount that I paint nowadays, that my great grandmother and my grandmother were both painters, and that I didn't really jam with it. You know, like it, I could do it, but it just wasn't my thing. And then when I did makeup, that painting faces was like, oh, I could do this. You know, like right. and it kind of clicked. But I still didn't think I was very creative. I was just like, tell me what to do and I'll do it just like you do it. Which at the time, the manufacturer I worked for, that's all they wanted was for us to do it exactly right. the way they did it. And so that was great for Cut, me. copy, paste. Right. And so I was like, I'll do it exactly the way you tell me. Like, I won't vary it. I don't know shit. Like, tell me. And so that was my form of creativity was that I could execute exactly the way you told me to. And I was really great at getting up in front of a room and duplicating the information for the class. So in my estimation, there was nothing creative about what I was doing. I was taking an already working system and I was doing exactly what they told me to do. And that made me very successful in that realm where that was the expectation. As soon as I started to step out of that into 
more creative spaces where I did have a little bit of freedom to do what I like to do. Um, that was really, really hard for me. I didn't feel creative and not, it didn't hurt that I was surrounded by these infinitely genius, creative hairdressers and makeup artists that were doing amazing things. And so then that always just made me feel less creative, you know, because I wasn't operating at this superhuman level that they were, you know, where they, um, yeah, in my estimation, anyway, we're putting out all of this work that I was just not as good at. Yeah. So yeah, I never really felt creative until, until the last three years or so, you know, where I really kind of like quit with the expectations, started to fall into this idea of what we're talking about. That today. blows my mind. I don't know how you didn't know this about me. Like I was always I've very always linear. I've always you as a very, well, I think that you and I are similar in the fact that like we have always kind of viewed ourselves as very logical mm-hmm. Um, you know, people, but I always knew that I was creative and I just always saw you as a creative person. I think that I, that in the beginning anyway, I became creative by default because I have so much experience. Yeah. So like when I, if you're talking about like moving into positions in education and working as a teacher, which was a lot of the creative work I got to do on runways and stuff. That still wasn't very creative because I was still showing up and was told to do a look. Right. Yeah. Um, If anyone's wondering, um, doing runway shows is not creative. No. Not like like I was doing it. Well, no. Like, I mean. You're working for a designer. Right. You're working for a designer that has has a a vision. vision, And that vision has to be executed on every model the same. There's no um, creative. Like paper doll cutouts. Oh, yeah. That's what they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't get to choose like, oh, I'll just put a bobby pin here. No, it doesn't work that way. But all this to say is that people say all the time, well, I'm not very creative. I'm not very creative. Right. Um, and what you and I know is that creative isn't like who you are or Mm -hmm. are not that we all have this in our systems. Like it is. Yes. In you yes. to create anything. Yes. Um, and it's just about figuring out what your thing right. is. What's your jam? And even besides what's your jam, what are you willing to do without attachment to the outcome? Yeah. Because you have to be okay with it being messy. Well, and you have to enjoy the creating of it. Yeah. Okay. Like, um, I mean, makeup is honestly a really good example just for the amount of anxiety I used to have going to trainings to learn new looks and to have my work evaluated so I could stay in the programs that I wanted to stay in was so terrifying to me. And nothing about like the process of create, like I would watch other artists come and they were being evaluated just like I was, you know, but I could see that they were like, in love with the process and with the model that they got and with the colors they got to you. And like, they were just so into the whole thing. And I was like, so scared, (laughs) you know, like so scared that it wasn't going to work or it wasn't going to look right or that I wasn't going to do it right or that I didn't get the right model or that I was whatever, you know, whereas now like the things that I really love that are, that I can create, that I can get into, or when I do makeup now, it feels totally different. Because I'm so much less attached to 
the outcome that the process gets to be more beautiful. And if the process isn't beautiful, then it's not what I'm supposed to be doing. Right. Like if I'm not enjoying, I tried to learn to play the piano once. Like it wasn't fun. <laughs> like it's not my thing, you know, yeah. it's okay. Where there's other people that learn to play the piano and they're like, oh my God, it's like a language that I've spoken my whole life and I just didn't know how to do it. And it feels so natural. Like that's for that person, you know? So like creativity is just finding the thing where you're like, oh my God, I could do this all day long and never care if it turns into anything. Yeah. And I don't need it to make me money and I don't need it to be successful. Like it just feels so fun to make it. Yeah. That's where it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe the first thing I ever got really good at like that was cooking. Yeah. You know, like I really like to try to make things and then they turn out, but it didn't turn out quite right, but I'm going to do it different next time. And then the next time I do it, it gets a little bit better. And, you know, like, and then you eventually perfect it. And then it's so fun to make the thing, you know, like that. And not all cooking is like that, but I think cooking was like one of the first things where I was like, oh, I can be good at this, you know, and I can make things that like taste really good and feed lots of people. So jealous. I, it's not everybody's (laughs) thing, but like. Not my thing. Yeah. I wish I enjoyed the process of cooking. You like cooking for certain purposes. Like the last time Adelaide was sick, you made soup. Yeah, that she didn't touch. It was great. (laughs) But it was still good. It didn't have the intended outcome, but that was all right. Right. Um, Yeah, no, um, just cooking for me, it's like all this work. And, you know, I try to clean up as I go so that I don't have to clean up at the end all to sit down for 10 to 15 minutes, eat, and then you're like done. I guess that more has to do with like big holidays with a lot of people. Cooking for yourself and your own family isn't terrible. It's not terrible. And and it's still creating something. Yeah. So like some people wouldn't look at cooking and call it creative. Oh, it's totally creative. But I'm like, talk to any mom who hasn't been to the grocery store in 10 days. Yeah. And has to feed her kids. Like, it's hella creative, you know? Like, you figure out some really amazing stuff. Um, God, especially when... You, sorry, I was in the middle of a yawn. Uh, We've put out so much energy today. Yeah. Um, especially when you have children, you have to get really creative. Because they're hella picky. They're hella picky. <laughs> it's stupid. It's like one day they like it and the next day they don't. So it's like, oh, you'll eat a you know, freaking hot dog if I cut it up a certain way or, you know what I mean? Maybe you shouldn't even bring this up. What? You said hot dog and all I could think of was get hot, Costco hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, oh, I digress. Oh, um, my God. Costco hot dogs. Why is this national news? I, is it? I yes. only know because you mentioned it to me. Laurie. <laughs> Okay. I We're thought it was take from a Costco side guy. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's for, okay. So, guys, this is what happened. This is not at all what you we're talking about. You kind of had to be today. there. You kind of had to be there. We were at the Midwest Hairstyling <laughs> Awards. We were up till all hours of the night, hanging out, drinking by the fire Guilty. after a long night of, or a long day of work. And um, this guy comes down um, with a beer and like sits by himself. And our friend Gino, being the nicest human on the planet, was like, Hey, come sit with us. You, Laurie, had already gone upstairs. I was in bed. So I had an empty seat next to me. So who does this guy sit next to? Me. Then everyone else just gets up and leaves when he comes over. Anyway, this guy builds Costco's around the world. You learned so much. 
I learned so much about Costco. I could sell you a membership right now if you don't have one. (laughs) I could tell you the benefits of everything. One of them being that the hot dog soda combo has been $1.50 from the get-go since 1985. And Costco is never, he says, never going to change, even in these crazy times of inflation, that they lose money on the hot dogs, but they make it up in so many different ways. Anyway, we just laughed about it all weekend because this guy was super passionate about Costco. And so it was kind of like this running joke. Well, then it becomes national news. Literally, ABC News yesterday posted $1.50 hot dog soda combo at Costco, never going away, keeping it forever. And I'm like, what is up with the Costco hot dog? Well, first things first. I've never had a Costco hot dog. I have been a Costco member for many years. (laughs) And like back in the salon days, was there almost weekly, you know, like literally have never had a Costco hot dog. And I super love hot dogs like (laughs) that. I am kind of surprised that they're a thing and I didn't know about them. I've had several slices of Costco pizza. I've had the Costco pizza and Costco cake. Cake? See, like, no. But never had a Costco hot dog. But since finding out that this is such a deal (laughs) and knowing that, like, clearly it's national news now, don't we have a field trip to Costco, like, in our future? We (laughs) The next time Gino comes to town. Yes. I'm busting out the executive (laughs) Costco card, and we are going to go drop $4.50 on some goodness. And there's a gif out there that is Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World, you know, and they're backstage and they're holding up their passes (laughs) and it says me at Costco, you know, because you got to show your membership to get in. You can't get your $1.50 hot dog unless you show them your card. You can't. So, yeah, I I told Gino, I was like, I'll bring my mom's membership. Wow. That was like a side uh, street that we just took into. Listen. You kind of had to be there, but I was up till 2.30 that morning, just me and Gino talking to this dude about Costco. Um, it was terrible. I'm so interested how many of our listeners have had a Costco hot dog. <laughs> Tell us what you think about the Costco hot dog. Because truly, like, I feel like it's got to be would, a pretty... And would you lose your shit if they upped the price? Like, honestly, would you lose your shit? $1.50 for a hot dog. And they're big hot dogs. Like, it's not like a regular... I don't know. Maybe it is a regular I think it's like $1.50 for the hot dog soda combo. I could That's be wrong about that. That's a hell of a deal. It is a hell of a deal. 2022, yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. Anyway, creativity, not about hot dogs. Okay. <laughs> so... Back it up. Back it up. Can we talk about, because, yeah, like this sacral space, this womb space, the space of creation, where you're nourishing things so they can grow and mm-hmm. survive on the outside without you, like, totally feeding them. And how much, uh, yeah, like how much drama and baggage there is for all people attached to that second mm. chakra, you know, mm-hmm. like that this is also the place of, obviously like sexual energy rests in this space. Right. And I think that's where like the weirdness comes from because there's a lot of trauma there for a lot of different people. Well, and yeah, trauma comes in all shapes and sizes. So it could be like the most obvious trauma would be trauma from a sexual experience, you know, or, and that those are happen in quantity to pretty much all of us anymore. You know, like somebody has something they can attach to with that. But it also can be like more negligible parts of just like learning your own sexuality or 
figuring out like what you're into or what you're not into or having shame around that or Mm -hmm. something that you heard at church once upon a time or something that you heard in school once upon a time, like that it doesn't always have to be the intense sexual trauma kind of conversation, but just all of these little things that we pick up about being sexual beings in the first place are all housed in this creative space where you're also catching into what creativity actually is like let's transparent is like you channeling these divine sources of inspiration into something awesome and beautiful and that in our business if we're talking about hair and makeup that that looks one way but that it also looks different for like musicians right where they're painters painters or yeah like interior designers right whatever you're culinary arts all of it all of the above um or can also be like part of creating a really uh, interesting marketing campaign if you're into that, you know, or really unique ways that you attract your ideal clients, you know, like that you can use creativity for tangible business type things. It doesn't all have to be about the arts, yeah. you know, like that there's so many ways that we channel creativity to make things better to make things accessible, like to make them modern or relatable or saleable, you know, like that's all, it's all the same thing. It's all coming from the same source. It all has to move through that sacral space in order to get out into the world, right? And so when you say you're not creative, you're like bypassing all of the ways that you're actually creative all day, every day. We just don't always like like Mm -hmm. that or appreciate how cool we are, <laughs> yeah. you know, like in the way that we make things happen. Um, Cause you can also create things that are really shitty. Right. Like, or really dark. Right. Or really, you know, like. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. Intense. Yeah. Like <laughs> that creation is this responsibility that we all have. And some of us are creating things that are super not worthy of who we are. And that's part of like the process of looking at your results and being like, huh, Look at what I created. <laughs> like, All right. Okay. And how might I do this differently next time around? Um, there's this book called Big Magic. I know I've talked about Big mm-hmm. Magic before. Elizabeth Gilbert's book. You know, like she's written so many awesome books. Some of them have been really popular and made into Julia Roberts movies and shit. And some of them have been like really not popular, but great, like literary, you know, works. Some of them are like inspired by her life events, but some of them are just like ideas that she had. And in Big Magic, she talks about like where ideas come from and how they're like, you know, like that you get this idea in in her case, because she's a writer, it's like an idea for a book. And so as she's like got this idea for a book, she starts to think about characters and like character developments and what's the story art going to be. And somewhere in the middle of this book, her life kind of like gets derailed and she has to put because instead she's going to write this for all of these like priority wise became more and she never goes back to the that she puts down and five six seven years later she's at some writer's convention and runs into some author friend of hers and they're catching up you know like talking about their writing and her friend is writing this book that's pretty much exactly what she had put down five to seven years. Like so close 
like a little bit different, but like so close. It was like she plucked it out of her head, <laughs> you know, and stole it from her. Right. Except- it's like creativity lives in like, for Apple users, like the iCloud. In the cloud. Yeah. yeah like- and then if you don't follow through and execute the creative vision that you've been given, it's going to go somewhere else because that's what it has to do. It must, you know. Right. It's going to come out of somebody and that we all make decisions about like we get this creative inspiration. And it's this like law of attraction thing. Right. And yeah. that sometimes it stalls, but that doesn't mean it goes away. Mm-hmm. It's still there and it very likely is going to go to the cloud and be delivered and dropped somewhere else where it has a shot at making it out in the world, you know? And man, when I read that, it hit me super hard where I was like, oh God, I am so guilty of having a million ideas. I, if I could just idea factory for people all day, every day, you know, like I'm great at ideating. Um, and that so many of those things are things that never actually come to fruition, you know? Um, but it was almost reassuring to me that if I wasn't going to do it, that that means it was going somewhere else and that it would drop into another experience somewhere where it could actually turn into something. And how often does that happen to us when we like have an idea and then six months later we see somebody doing pretty close to the thing that we were just thinking about. Aaron swears to God that Grubhub was his idea. First. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> He's like, how cool would it be if I, you know, made a food delivery yes. situation? A million percent. It's it's just like that. So yeah, creativity right. is this infinite source. It's a gift. Yeah. And that the more you use it, the more familiar you get with the process of how it comes to you. And then you can start being a lot more intentional about it, you know? Yeah. Um, musicians and writers have a lot of the same thing, you know? Like that when the inspiration hits them, that there's certain times of day or certain circumstances they can put themselves in where it really flows well. Um, and when I'm writing, it's like early morning, like truly between like 5 a.m. and 7.30 in the morning, I can turn out, you know, um, any other time of day I can do it, but I have to hella focus in order to do it. But if I can do it before my brain gets real active and I start like doing life things, like it just comes out really, really easily. Um, And so I think that that's an interesting thing about creativity is that you learn to put yourself in the circumstances that are going to be the most conducive for you to receive. And then, yeah, like those things just come through really, really. I'm fascinated by music um, and sound. You know, like I think there's so many things about music that I understand now because I understand vibration and sound right. at a way that I understand why certain songs make me feel a certain way. Right. Well, because like we're getting into sound healing now, mm-hmm. you know, and so different tones and beats have these different frequencies that just hit you differently. Yeah. Um, it is a completely legitimate healing modality. Um, totally. Like, yes, singing bowls, but also. Music in general. Um, And I 1 million percent believe that that is like a divinely um, channeled situation. Music is so based on intention. Yeah. Like the person that you, two people can sing the same song with different intention and it's going to come out and mean different things and it's going to invoke different 
response from the people that are listening to it. Right? That, like nothing compares to you. Like Oh my god. The way Prince sings it versus Sinead O'Connor versus Chris um Cornell. Chris Cornell. Yeah, like all of it. Like all hit different. Or landslide. Mm, landslide. You know, like Fleetwood like, Mac versus Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, come on. Like, it's so it makes such a big difference. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, I just think that music is one of, and that musicians and when people are writing songs, you know, like that it is this really hyper-channeled experience that, but I also look at it with like when Aubrey works on bicycles, like he's, he's in his zone. He is, he's channeling it. Like it's just a thing. That, he would never say that. No, but I think that he, <laughs> He wouldn't mm. use that word. He wouldn't. But that's what he's doing, oh, you yeah. know? And that people that work with their hands and create things with their hands like that, hairdressers are like that. They get into the zone, you know? like, um, And that that is creation and that that requires that um, connected to that source that's mm-hmm. feeding that creative inspiration like that. And it is one of those things that, like, when you're doing it, you, Holy time. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. It flows. And that's what I love. What I love about watching craft hairdressers cut hair. It's what I love about watching colorists take down foils. You mm-hmm. know, like that there's this thing that happens um, when you see people who have really invested time and repetition in craft and that it's poetry. It's like, you know, like, you see it, it's like flowers growing. Like all of that symbiotic part of creation, um, it's something that you can recognize and really appreciate. But I don't know that somebody would think about like being a bicycle mechanic and call that creative. Mm. But it's so creative, you know, or like people who work on cars. Yeah. You know, and, or you could take it like into lots of different trades and like that all... Uh, when Lacey was putting together oil curls and they installed the window cover over the window. And there were little things about the way the room was like not level that where they placed these window coverings were going to make it look more level or less level. And the guy who installed them, like when she was talking to me about it and we were talking about where he put them and how he positioned them and what they look like going up and like, he was a brilliant genius in the way that he put <laughs> these so things cool. together, you know? And I was like, God, I would have never thought that like somebody who window coverings. window coverings, that there would be that kind of like science and perspective and design aesthetic. But there totally is. And it puts a level of finish in this space that like only somebody who's been crafting that and doing that for decades would understand it well enough Mm-hmm. to make a decision that good, you know, and that that is creative. Like, that's so cool. Um, Tony Robbins talks a lot about, like, the guys who try and shoot airports. Yeah. You know, like, that everything that you do is so relative to what you're putting and um, that I feel like creation is a big part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else on that sacral? Man, just that it's such a special place that I didn't know the purpose. Like, I didn't know the depth of the purpose of it until, like, just recently within the past year or so. Until we started healing it. 
Yeah. I didn't know it was that big a deal. Didn't know it was that big of a deal until I was like, oh shit. I have a lot going on in there. Um, You know, what's funny is in my human design, my sacral is where is what I can trust. So like when I'm making decisions about things, the sacral is the part of my body that I go to where I'm like, is this right for me? It's not right for me. Mm. And that was kind of a mind F when I found that out because I was like, oh, that place is all jacked up. Like I wouldn't know yes or no there from anything. anything. Um, Um, Yeah. So. Well, yeah, because for me, like working in the, um, working from the heart up and like the more spiritual chakras like it's just a little bit easier for me mm-hmm. working from the solar plexus down is like gnarly yeah. it's hard mm-hmm. um which is so weird because i'm such like a capricorn like grounded person it's only your sun sign i know it's only one one piece. little part of me yeah um but you know me i'm not like an airy fairy person um, it's just, you're literally a Catholic school girl. Like, <laughs> so it's hard to say that, you know, right? like, so it much is. of your childhood experience was in those higher mm-hmm. interdimensional divine planes, you know, like, so yeah, like, but that's also like, I'm a watery cancer sign that was really, really raised in like a, logical grounded you know like way so like i'm pretty grounded for a person you know true um, you are and you're yeah you're pretty airy for me. <laughs> it's, it's good true it's called balance okay like i'm anything but balanced <laughs> but it's <laughs> sure um and then i guess you know one thing that i was thinking about that was really creative and fun since I've been hanging out at the center over in East Fort Worth is um, cloud watching. Yeah. That that's like a really good example of like being creative where you didn't have to make anything. You didn't have to do anything. It's just there, you know, like, and that if you took time to like, just look at the clouds and notice how the light hits them and what shapes they turn out to be and what it reminds you of and, like just kind of go on a tangent with the clouds like that. That's really creative. Did you see those posts? I think that they were on Michelle dollars. She's a local um, salon owner here in Fort Worth. Um, She did these like stories or posts where it was like pictures of like the first picture was like just the picture of the clouds. And the second picture was like, someone drew over the clouds and like drew the shapes that they were seeing of like alligators playing the trombone and, you know, like all these things. And I thought that would be such a fun experiment. Like, yes, as an adult, but also for a kid, like if I just gave Adelaide pictures of clouds and be like, draw whatever you see in there, I would be so interested. It would be really funny. It would be really awesome. We should try that. Um, but yeah, like that, Sometimes creativity is just like silly, loose things. You know, like let's not put so much pressure on the situation. Um, it's good to play. Yeah, like that. The point of it sometimes is just to be loose with it. See what kind of funny, easy, not so serious things come up out of the ground. Um, is there anything like you've been getting creative with dance? 
have. How's hip hop going? Feels so good. I haven't found a class that works for my time yet. So I'm working on it. Um, are there other creative uh, aspects that you're to work on getting into? What else creative do you Hmm. Um, I mean, I really want to get into the like body work, the yoga thing. Um, but I haven't really tried that either. Um, because that certification costs a lot of money. So I'm saving Mm -hmm. for that one step step at a time, just manifesting the cash Mm -hmm. to make it happen. Um, but yeah, as far as creativity I think like I've said this on the podcast before like when I listen to music I see movement and so really just allowing myself to um really feed that part of myself um because like oh my gosh parallels like Mm. you were talking about with um you would just like copy and paste like whatever makeup look that's also how I view dance like I would never consider myself a choreographer right um because I've never freestyled in my life um because the style of dance I grew up with was very like everyone has to look the same so like when you're tap dancing it needs to sound like one person um and with like Fosse style everyone's arms are moving at the same rate in the same way in the same flow so um what I've tried recently because I can't find any hip hop classes that work for me at the moment um, is just really trying to allow myself to really imagine if I were a choreographer, what would that look like? And would that flow and be fun and all that? So, One thing I also really love about hip hop is it's the opposite of your, what you're saying your training is. I like, know. So it's so challenging for me. And I, but I love that because it's also kind of, again, like this mirror or this parallel mm-hmm. to like the way that you're working yeah, versus the way that you were working before, you mm-hmm. know, like that. Again, we come back to this should or the way it's supposed to be, you know, right. like that um, dance is supposed to be structured and everyone look the same or like, makeup on the runway needs to look, you know, right. structured and every model needs to look like the same person did them. But do they? <laughs> and does it, you know, like, do is they? that just is something somebody told us and taught us that we were like, okay, go, cool, we'll do that, you know? Yeah. But in actuality, sometimes what's so great about ensemble dancing is that everybody has the same vibe, but they're doing a different twist on it. That's their own, you know, like yeah. flow. And that that's also a really cool thing about dance you know well and I oh god I probably already said this in the doing it scared episode a few episodes ago Mm -hmm. but it was so interesting because when we were actually learning the choreography when I took that hip-hop class that was so challenging for me and we were learning the choreography I was trying so hard to move my feet Mm -hmm. exactly my arms exactly like the teacher was doing it but then when I watched him and other people like when we were videoing it and like mm-hmm. just letting it flow and he was like okay put your own spin on it I was like own spin what is that sir let me remind you of how I was raised right. you know this um, is not how we did I, I have <laughs> never done this before that um they were they maybe didn't move their feet and heels and arms exactly like we learned they just kind of like 
flowed through it. Right. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like this is I, also part of why I love hot yoga. I think too, though, ooh, is that yes. I was trained in hatha yoga, which is slow, controlled. This is the pose. Modify it if you need to. Where hot yoga so much is like you flow through positions so quickly that maybe if you didn't hit the mark, that's okay because you're going to go back to that mark in the vinyasa eventually right. anyway. Um, and that there is this thing about flowing. through through positions that also feels really nice, you know, which is probably similar to the own spin on the dance move, you know? Totally. Like, yeah. Movement is fascinating to me as far as creation. Um, I'm excited. I know. I think that it's brewing. Yeah. You know, I think that there's something like really beautiful. The creative, yeah, inspiration yeah. has begun and yes. it's moving its way through the system. It has. Oh my God. I love it. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, go out and make something messy and fun and awesome and silly and nourishing. Let's do it. All right, you guys have an awesome week and go create some good. Yay. Bye.